0: For those of you who listen to uh, Saints Radio and then this past week's Wednesday Night Live, you recognize that uh, the Lord um, gave a a measure of uh, um, visitation to me that I think that I know indicates something that He's doing among us and doing among us as saints. And I'm not going to re-preach that message. We're actually going to take it a step further um, because I, I do believe that, uh, as as was said this past week, um, one of the main reasons that Jesus came according to the Scripture uh, is that uh, uh for instance, in, in Luke chapter 2, when Simeon prophesied over the baby Jesus there in the temple, he said that um, this child was going to bring light, phos, throughout the Gentile world, but he was going to illuminate the process of apocalypsis and the, the revelation. Of, of something new that God is doing that had been hidden that he is, that he's bringing to light, which is really the essence of truth. Truth is something has been hidden, but it's been revealed. So you operate in that truth, and that brings victory. But uh, Simeon said that uh, when Jesus was brought to the temple as a baby. And then the end of the, the, the Bible, the New Testament, was uh, the, the apocalypsis of Jesus that John brought forward. And it's that same word. And Throughout the New Testament, you find over and over again either that apocalypto, which we're going to talk about and link it with the Old Testament today, and you find then the application of that, which is apocalypsis, and it is over and over and over and over again. And what I see is that God brings about um, this process of partnering with him as intercessors to to pray so that whatever he's wanting to reveal in a season or in a time frame, that that is then complete, and then you move on to the next uh, measure of revelation. That's, that's just the way God moves. And it is an endless cycle that will continue throughout throughout eternity. So let's read these verses, which we've read already this past week. First Peter chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Unto whom it was revealed, there's the word apocalypto, that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation, there's apocalypsis of Jesus Christ. This is really important that Peter says these things because for me, in Peter's first epistle here, he, he speaks about something that was very much a part of who he was. Ever since the time when um, the Lord said, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And there Jesus looks to him and uses a double, entend- a, a double issuance, a double issuance of apocalypto. He says, you know, flesh and blood did not bring this uncovering to you, but the Father brought this uncovering to you. And upon this rock, upon this foundation of partnering with the Father, uh, I'm going to establish my ecclesia, and the gates of hell won't prevail. And then he speaks about giving the keys to open and, and to close. That is revelation. Of the Father, and that was before Peter, and so here Peter revisits that in his in his first epistle, and he talks basically much of this first chapter about that measure of revelation, something that uh, a a major point of covering is point by point being uh, removed. So that whatever the Father is revealing might be known. And it says, and and it's interesting too that as that happens, when it gets down to the point where it's open, then the angels stoop and they look into, just like John and Peter did, just like Mary did, looking into the empty tomb. When that victory is there, then the angels are being given the opportunity to move on behalf of what the Father has revealed through us. This is so interesting. I mean, it is everywhere in, in the Bible. Now, it's interesting that apocalypto, uh, calypto is, is a word that is used throughout the Greek language. It, 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 it speaks about taking layers off of a fruit so that you can eat the fruit. And we, we know this, you say, well, these Greek words. Well, have you ever had uh, eucalyptus? Yeah, because it uses the word calypto. And uh, apparently that you, those eucalyptus trees over the fruit itself, there are many layers and coverings that they have to peel off to be able to get to that essential thing that is used medicinally, but also in some recipes. And um, they, they say, well, how can we... How can we call this thing? So they said, "Well, we'll call it uh, something that's beneficial, but you have to peel off the layers to get to it." And and you know, it's it's very it's very interesting that that term was used. In fact, in the in the the story about uh, the, the Greeks attacking Troy. And you had the, uh, the Trojan horse. We all know that story. Or maybe you saw the movie with Brad Pitt in it. Um, but they used that word to describe that horse, that here is something, it's got covering, but the essence of what it is is inside that horse. And they use that word calypto to describe that process. Now, why, why, is, this, why is this so interesting uh, that throughout the whole New Testament, Jesus came so that we could participate as Gentiles in this ongoing process of something that's been covered is now being opened. And it is a process. I almost listed all the times that was used. We've studied and written about this before. But all the times in the New Testament when this is used, there are lots of revelations, of Jesus, revelations of what God is doing. And every time that happened in the New Testament, it indicated some amazing shift or change in the way God was moving. And we are partnering with that right now. We we are partnering. The vision that God, the open vision that God gave me really keeps speaking to me. but, But I think it says that we're in this right now. And, and we as saints have prayed for for this process to be um, to be known. And, uh, but but the, the point that we're going to look at this morning is that God has always done this thing throughout the Old Testament. God has moved this way over and over and over again. Uh, you know, in, in the book of John, John chapter 12, um, John took some editorial license under the anointing of the Spirit to describe what Jesus was doing. And there he quotes from Isaiah, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And revealed there is Apocalypto. And, you know, it, it's very interesting that um, if you go into Isaiah you find that the word there for revealed is gala, G-A-L-A, which in that, in that society meant to absolutely have everything peeled back to see the essence of something, to really be nude. And it was used, it was used in a way to describe a defeated enemy when they're paraded before the, the conquering nation where they were stripped down, to, um, to either of the bare bones, they didn't have any regal clothing, or they were just humiliated to see, look at who this person is. That was the essence of Gala. And that's what the Spirit used to describe Calypto in the New Testament, uh, Apocalypto in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, that's the word Gala. Now, why is that important? Because. Uh, we're covered by the Lord. Um, you remember when uh, the ark was taken out of Shiloh and the the girl that was bearing the child of one of uh, Eli's sons called him Ichabod. And she said, because the glory... Has departed, departed is gala. So what she was saying is the essence of what Israel should have been with the covering, the the ich kabod. There's no glory over Israel now, and we're just made naked now. That departed there doesn't mean r u n n o f t. It meant that that there is the essence of who we are is now manifested and were nothing without the glory. That is so interesting. The glory is departed. That is is the, the Old Testament of apocalypto. And it makes it very interesting to know that when that ark was finally brought to Jerusalem, David had to dance to where he basically became naked or vile. Because that offering of being totally exposed before God, was something that had to be offered because that's how the ark left. Do you see that? That is so profound to me. And and it shows that if we want the covering of the Lord, we have to die to self. We have to partner as an intercessor to pray in the Spirit, (laughs) because musterion is from muo, which means to peel back covering for something that is has been secret. And that's what we pray in the Spirit when we pray before the Father. But that then opens the door as those layers are peeled back in intercession for God to be opening and take the cover off something that has been hidden. So we have to die and look like fools, look like drunken people, which is what was said on the day of Pentecost. These men are drunken. And we have to become submitted where our mind and our body dies to self so that we pray with the spirit and in the spirit so that through that intercession of those mysteries then the bigger mystery can be unfolded so when we pray in the spirit we're basically partnering with God in his mysteries to peel the layers off of the calypto does that make sense this makes so much sense and I'd never seen it this way before We've talked about it here and there, but, but this, is so, this is so amazing to me. And so David dancing the ark into Jerusalem where they were submitted was really an answer to the, the way that the ark left Shiloh because Ichabod, the glory of God, the weightiness that covered Israel is now gone and you can see the essence of who we are without God. See, that process was visited over and over again. You know, we're, we're facing that right now, you know? You know, the Bible speaks about the man of sin being revealed in our day. Revealed is apocalypto. And don't we see point by point? Oh yeah, I look what they're doing there. This is making the way for the enemy to come. This this isn't it yet, but this is making the way. Oh, look what they're doing here. This is paving the way for what the Bible says is going to happen in the end. We're seeing that happen and the man of sin being revealed. It's a slow process where this same word is used. But, you know, on the other hand, we are seeing God reveal what he's doing. We're seeing God open up these amazing points where the glory of God is being welcomed in, and um, God's God's kingdom is is being known. But but see, back in the Garden of Eden, when uh, God would come and meet with Adam and Eve, and the, in the Ruach, and and he, His Spirit would come, and they were obviously partnering with Him. And then one day the enemy said hey, you know what? You don't need to be participating in this. I'm paraphrasing here. You don't need to be participating in this process. You just need to go over here and eat this fruit. And and if you eat that fruit, then your eyes will be totally open. You'll, You'll be able to see everything at once and you'll become like God. And they did that. So God was offering this daily measure of communing with him and revealing training, and revealing a welcoming of what his kingdom was. And the enemy says, no, 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 you don't have to do that. You just, you just abandon that process that God has established, and you go ahead and eat what the enemy uh, created with this tobe and raw fruit over here. And then they, what, what happens? When they do it, suddenly their eyes are open, and they recognize they have no covering anymore. Uh, they're naked now. And, and it's just like Ichabod; they they don't have any covering, and they stitch on leaves from other trees. And then God comes down, and it's it's so interesting. Um, God always has this process of regulated uh, partnering with His people to reveal His mysteries. You have Abraham, uh, who was walking walking with God, and it's funny because. <clears throat> he is he is revealing these, these mysteries. <clears throat> we don't often look at it that way, but he is. And in fact, Lot, his nephew, do you know what Lot's name really means? Lot's name means a shroud that covers mysteries. Look it up. Well, not right now, but look it up. It's there. And finally, Lot says, I don't want to participate in this process anymore. I don't want to be covering taking responsibility for these mysteries and covering them that's what his name means and if we're a Bible purist and we believe that the, everything in the Bible is inspired and ordained and and infallible then we would have to know that that name was specifically chosen by God and lot punts on third down and says I'm going to go off on my own and the next thing you hear from lot after some skirmishes were, Abram meets Melchizedek and liberates him, is one day on the plains of Mamre, God and a couple of angels come, and they meet with Abram and Sarah. You remember that story? And God comes, and they're talking about bearing a son, Sarah's laughing, and Abram's laughing. And then God says, we're going to Sodom. And the two angels go on ahead, and Yahweh stops, you can read it yourself, it's good reading, and he says, shall I hide this thing that I do from Abraham? Now, the, to me, in English, that's a mistranslation, because uh, what he's really saying there, he uses the term kasa, which we know is an abode. Mi kasa su casa. Um, You know, it's an abode, and God's not saying I don't know whether I should. Why would God do that? Oh, let me think here. You think I should tell Abram what I'm doing or not? That's, God would never do that. And he, what he says is, I am going to extend a covering, a household relationship here with you, and I'm going to talk to you as Yahweh about what I'm doing over here in Sodom. And, and it's at that point where all those peradventures are. Abram starts saying, peradventure there will be 50. You know, and he goes on down the line, and they're negotiating this. But that's God revealing this process to Abram, and that is, that is such an interesting thing. But really, from the time of Lot to everything Abram, the father of all who walk in faith, he would have to do this for us now as heirs of Abraham, for us to be partnering with these mysteries. So God says, "I'm not going to hide," and there's there's our there's our word. Uh, I, I'm not going to hide this. I'm going to speak to him. I'm going to reveal this, and uh, that that is just such a curious that's a curious thing. Moses then, Moses is there. God's talking to him, and um, let me see your glory. No, you can't see my glory. I'm going to cover you with the palm of my hand, and my glory's going to pass by, and then you're going to see it. But that's the way revelation is going to happen. There's another covering. Moses comes down from the mountain. His face is shining. People say, hey, cover your face. Well, we can't bear to look at it, which they should have been able to look at it, so he's got the veil going on. And there's another measure of covering of what God is revealing in his glory. Even the Ark of the Covenant behind that big, thick veil. And you've got the caporet, which is the the covering, the seal, which is then the the palm of the hand that atonement comes from. We studied about that at a recent seminar. There is a covering there of what God is doing that he's going to reveal that has to be moved. Even when uh, the people of God came into into the promised land and they go to Gilgal, and they have to have circumcision, which is a removal of a covering of, of the essential part of who these men and who Israel was. But it was a removing of covering. And we should all continue to be circumcised in spirit, the scripture says. Let's be, be stiff-necked. But it's, 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 it's a partnership with removing covering so that we can come more closely to the essence And even the measure throughout the Old Testament where God talks about hiding his face. I hide my face. Or even God saying, I hide myself. I cover myself in the darkness. But hiding my face, hiding my presence. Why would God do that? Now, we've talked about that in the past, about how we've got to search for him with our whole heart. That's true but it's more than that it's more than just saying oh I love you Lord don't you know that I love you I'm going to give everything to search for you which we need to do but hiding is a part of who God is he will always do that because he progressively reveals in partnership with us the things that God is doing and I I just love that hiding my face hiding my presence Now, I think this, and I I was looking a lot at presence in the Scripture and the significant times where people would align themselves with the ways of God, but then those unique moments in the Bible where God himself comes down and then what happens after. And there are a number of those. So you have God's presence, God's presence, us seeking him, us partnering with him to reveal mysteries and truth. And and then, you know, there's a visitation and there's establishment, then we build off of that. Even the line upon line and precept upon precept is us gaining measures of covering in understanding something that has been hidden that now we take it the other way and proclaim it. This is just fascinating. This is the way God is. But you have times where God himself comes down, and Eden is one of those, and God is there, and we know what happens as a result. We have Noah where God comes down, and he looks on the earth. He says, my spirit is not going to strive with man uh, much longer in this. And after that, then there's grace, and there's destruction and a rebirth. You have Babel, where then God comes down, and he's speaking in plurality. And he's saying, look what's happening here. And from that point, there's the, there's the splitting of the languages and the, and the distribution of the people. You have Abram, who comes down, and shall I hide my, uh, what I'm going to do? and there's the the release concerning Isaac and the destruction that comes to Sodom and Gomorrah. You have God coming down and meeting with Moses, and the, the law is given, and you have these incredible things that God did with his people. You have at the temple, God comes down, and nobody's able to even stand to minister, and God is speaking to Solomon, and that should have marked a change in the way God... Uh, was going to deal with his people. Sadly, the enemy manipulated that. With Isaiah, in the year Uzziah died, God came down. And from that point, Israel changed. The northern kingdom had already gone south, or was soon to be. And God was saying, you can preserve what you should be as Judah, as my people. And for a long season, God used Isaiah to keep, keep trying to get that to happen but eventually there was a, a failure of epic proportion. And, and then when the people were in Babylonian captivity, God came down in the presence of Ezekiel and into so many other ways with Daniel and met with them and, and set in motion what was going to happen for the people to go back into the land of promise. So you have God hiding his face We are partnering with that, just like we do with Mysterion, to bring about some measure of God revealing an amazing thing. But at a certain confluence, God's presence comes and dwells and looks. I think we're in that moment. We're coming into that moment. I think that the visitation of the the kingdom of God, the great end time revival, is God among his people looking at what's going on on the earth. And then we know that's not kingdom now. You know, it's not going to be all peachy-keeny. Hey, just rip out the book of Revelation. I have to do all that destruction. Then the people just turn against God. And, and, uh, and, and there's the apocalyptic things that we read about in Revelation and in Daniel. But I think this, this, this ongoing word about God's presence, this ongoing word about come, let your face come, We're hearing right from God, but I think it's us asking for what he's going to do anyway, and there's going to be a visitation of the Spirit that is going to be unsurpassed, and God is going to be walking among his people. He's going to be inhabiting this place, but it's in many ways God coming down to Babel. God coming down with Moses, God coming down with Abram before Sodom and Gomorrah, God coming down in Eden, God coming down in all of these places, even on the day of Pentecost, God coming down and looking in the birth of the church, God coming down at, at the temple. But what happens after that is not, is not anything to uh, walk through the roses with. It's a, it's, it's a choice for the people to either accept God or rebel. And we know how that happened throughout the Scripture. I think that that's what we're asking God for with His presence now. We need to continue to pray. We need to continue to pray in the Spirit, to keep peeling back these levels as the Spirit gives utterance. And we need to to know that in some way, that is opening up this major point of revelation. And and I, I really do see a confluence of several of these opening up at the same time which welcomes the presence of God. And that is that great visitation of the end time. But it has to be with our seeking God. It has to be with our praying in the Spirit and with diversities of tongues. You know, an interesting thing happened on this last trip, but this has happened with us many times, but I'm just linking this up with the open vision that God gave me. Um, I think that... uh, as, as many of you who heard what I said, I saw, um, that opening that God is making available for this time frame for us as saints, there were so many voices. It reminded me of the day of Pentecost, of what we read about. Um, there were so many voices. And as I, I I walked through the circle of saints that were praying, and every one of them was speaking in a different diversities of tongues and 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 but but what i saw that was so interesting was that their particular language that the spirit was uttering through them was dealing with a certain facet of what was being released and and i even noticed in in my own life and in some of the other people that were there as the spirit would release another measure of of of, of diversities of tongues it was to address another facet of what God was releasing and to welcome the, 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 uh, the fabric of, of what was being released by God in those points of mystery. You ever wonder why God has to do uh, the genoslalia, where those essential things, those, e- those, those uh, the genos, the, the essence, that's what diversities of tongues is? Um I I I just see I saw it in in an additional way, where as God is revealing something, you have to address by the Spirit the facets the factors of that measure of mystery that's being released. It's a service to the Lord. On one hand, we're welcoming that we're asking for it because you have not because you ask not. But then it's released those spiritual capacities of praying in diversities of tongues, minister that and welcome that in. It's, it's just so fascinating. We need to be praying in diversities of tongues more than, than we ever have. But for us and for our purposes, this, this issue of bringing grace and truth, uh, those things that have been hidden that are now made real, that's for our understanding of the Word. But the mysteries themselves, uh, we as intercessors are asking God at his throne to do what he's intended to do. God has chosen to hide those things and to reveal them point by point in his glory and through his grace. And as we pray in the spirit and as we partner with God, those levels are peeled back and understandings are given. But then finally, the, the, the apocalypto is opened. And it's gala. You see, you see the arm of the Lord revealed. You see what God's strength is going to do. And that's why in this season we're blessed by His presence, but we're going to know unprecedented demonstrations of His power, unprecedented miraculous visitations of healing, uh, because the arm of the Lord is being apocalypto or gala. It's it, the essence of it is being revealed. I think even this measure of highlighting about our partnership as intercessors in the overall mysteries of the Lord is, is a gift from him. And even the speaking forth of it, it just makes sense to us. We might think, oh yeah, well, we've been doing this all along. But this is like an encapsulation of it all. And, and it, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. We can talk about Mysterion and Apocalypse, and we've studied that. But to recognize that this is what God did all the way through the Old Testament, This was not some new covenant thing necessarily alone. God always hid himself. God always revealed the gala of of peeling back the levels. God always tried to do that, and the world rejected it, or the enemy tried to pollute it. You even see in the progressive church today where they're saying the same thing. You know, you don't have to participate with God because God is everywhere. God is in all things. You don't have to pay the price to see uh, what, what the Scripture says is going to happen. You can just find it all right now. You know, I was watching a program while I was working out the other day, and this crazy progressive ideology about how cruel God is. This is one of the doctrines of devils about who, what kind of a God would sacrifice his son. What kind of a God would cause Abraham to be willing to kill his son Isaac? You know, that's a terrible God. And I was hearing this just interwoven into the narrative in this story that had nothing to do about God. But there they were, sticking their thumb in the eye of what God has revealed. This is just so demonic. It's just so wicked. We see it everywhere in society. You know, we don't need the word of God. Let's just get rid of it because it's full of errors anyway. All of religion is God's voice. We don't need uh, the, the pattern for the home. Let's just eliminate that nuclear family and let's just let anything happen. You you can see what God's ways are, are being rejected by the world. And in the other way, just eat of this tree of wickedness and a bit of purpose, and we'll just create our own thing. That's the enemy strategy. And that's the man of of lawlessness being apocalypto. We see that happening. But the most important thing we need to see happening is that God has opened up something. And he's going to continue to make it broader and wider. And we're going to see his mysteries revealed in an incredible way. So, that's what the Lord said to Peter. I'm going to end this message by going through the New Testament to see the ways that God is revealing his mysteries. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, and we're using our term apocalypto, (laughs) we're going right down through it. I don't have an outline because every one of you has a Bible program, and you can pop these up for yourself, and in fact, I'm doing this on purpose to invite you to study, to invite you to look at that splurge on the 999 and buy the king james with strongs get rid of your latte for a week and go ahead and invest in that it'll be the best investment you ever made so apocalypto is there with peter flesh and blood has not revealed this but my father has revealed this a double issuance and this is the rock that my ecclesia is going to be established on, and uh, the gates of hell are not going to be prevailed because they're, these. This when this opens, you're going to be given keys to be able to dictate what I am empowering you to release or to restrict. That's coming too. You know, I, I saw this in a big way, and I, I don't want to make a doctrine out of it, but I know it's true. Part of God opening this is, is an empowerment that he's given to the people who've paid the price to partner with him for it to be open, an empowerment, and that's what a key is. That's the key of David. That's the key of the Gentile church. It's, it's authority to, to say, this goes, that doesn't. The gates of hell are not going to be over to overrule that. The ecclesia is going to represent what the kingdom of God is doing. I love that. So, 1 Corinthians 2.10, another use of apocalypto. This is that the Spirit is going to guide us into this point of taking away the layers. Uh, Part of that is that we're praying in conjunction with the Spirit, but part of it is that the Spirit is going to guide us into all truth, but He's going to also guide us into these points of revelation. The Scriptures also do this. And it links it with the apostolic and the prophetic. Ephesians 4, 5 says this. But I also wanted to to just read this in the book of Romans. The very end of the book of Romans, something that we don't often look at, but we're just going to look at it today. I don't know how many times the very last couple of verses of Romans were actually preached upon by anybody, but it's just really interesting. Romans 16, verses 26 and 7, but now is made manifest, there's our word, by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to and through all nations for obedience of what is said at the right hand of the throne. To God, only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever and ever, amen. That is amazing. Because here's Paul saying, throughout all the nations, this type of revelation is going to be sent forth. It's going to confirm the scriptures that were written prophetically, and the scriptures are going to fuel that. And it speaks of the wisdom of God. You see that the only wise God is? Only there is from our word minnow, which means abide. You want to know the wisdom of God? you've got to abide with him. And that is how the apocalypto comes. That is going to shine forth through the scriptures, and it's going to touch every nation on earth. Paul, in the very end, through the power of the spirit of this uh, writing to the the book of, to the Romans, he wrote this from Corinth. And it's interesting that it, it says that this was given to a young lady who was part of a smaller church in in one of the areas of the port of Corinth, and she was entrusted with this to deliver to Rome. I think that's just so interesting. But here he just basically says it, summing up this book of Romans. He says, you know what? This is the apocalypto. The Scriptures speak of it. The prophets have prophesied about it. And God is giving His wisdom as you abide in Him, as you spend time with Him. He is doing this. But I just, it's just... Baffling to me. Uh, this, as Mark would say, this is exploding in us, the scriptures. And, and I, I think this is so amazing. One of the other things that you see about Apocalypto is the number of times that grace is involved with it. Because you have to be moving with the spirit of grace and supplication to really be partnering with God to see these revelations of what God is doing happen. And in fact, Paul, when he wrote about it, he said, you know what? I'm going to come to visions and apocalypto of the Lord. I've had so many of them, he says. And so that I don't become inflated because of what's happening. There was given a messenger of Satan to buffet me. And you know, um, that thorn in the flesh would keep prodding. And three times I went before God asking that be removed. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient my grace is going to have to be accomplished wow grace and it's there are several places where grace is in conjunction with apocalypto and why would that be first of all because it's intercession secondly because it's part of god's ways but thirdly if you're going to welcome the opening of something that has not been known yet that's a new horizon and and God has to have grace involved there because that's who He is. If He hides His face, then part of His ways would require that grace opens His face. I think that's just so amazing to me. I mean, it's just it, it just shines a light over these things that God has shown us in His Word over the years. And He's shown them to all of us. It's His Scripture. It's just amazing to me. So, you you see that um, this kind of a, a combination of God's presence, which we've been asking for. God said, keep asking for my presence. Keep asking for my face. Keep asking for the covering of my glory. The kabod, the weightiness, is really the covering of His glory, but it's it's upon our nakedness. It's the gala. Our covering as we become as nothing, as David became as nothing in dancing the ark in, is the partnering with something that had never been done before that God is doing on the earth through his glory, and his glory comes to showcase that as well as those who are representing that. That's the covering. As we become small, then he becomes great. He hides himself. He hides his face. He hides his presence, but it's for the purpose of being revealed. It's for the purpose of layer by layer for things to be taken away so that you can then see the next level and finally it's all open. But in doing that, you then line upon line your understanding so that you can teach others. It's just so amazing to me. So I declare over all of us as saints... That this process that this is, you know what? This is nothing new. You've been living this. You've been living this. Every time you've prayed in the spirit. You've been partnering with this. And that's why it's bearing witness with who you are. This is this is God's grace. This is God's face. This is God's truth. This is God hiding himself and revealing himself. This is musterion and apocalypsis. Apocalypto is the actual thing. Apocalypsis is the demonstration of that. See, it's no big mystery. That's not a mystery. That's just why it's that way. But the arm of the Lord is being revealed. His presence is being revealed. We're, we're gaining nuances of understanding and capacities that um, <laughs> that seem like we were made for it because we've been interceding for it. But as they're being shown, it's going to seem like second it, well, our es- essential nature. But mark this down. The bigger picture is that God's presence, is coming in a way that is unparalleled. And like what happened before Noah, like what happened before Babel, like what happened in the places that I referenced in the Bible, and many others, God is going to be walking among his people, and he's going to see what is happening. Now why, why, Why would that be? For instance, why would God say to Abraham, you know what, I've come down here and I'm going to go through there and I'm gonna, I've heard the voice of this. I've heard the cry of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, but I'm going to come down and see for myself. Why would God need to do that? You know, that doesn't make any sense. God knows everything. He knew good and well what those cries were. He knew exactly what was going on. So why would he need to come down? Why would he need to come down and look at the Tower of Babel? He knew exactly what was going on. You see, so the only thing that I can say is that he wants to share this with us. He wanted to share it with Noah, who found grace in the eyes, the presence of God. He, he wanted to share it with the, shall I hide this thing from Abram that I do? No, he's bringing Abram under the covering of the casa. He's talking to him about it. And the same thing is here. God is going to come down. He knows it. He prophesied all of this. He wrote what's going to happen. He knows what's going on. He's, he's seen what the enemy has done from the first point that even before iniquity was found in him. But he's here to walk with you to walk and to see what's going on. That's what the end time move of God's Spirit is going to be. Him walking with you on this earth, sensing and seeing what the angels already know, what he already knows. But he's going to be walking with you as the man of Apocalypto is being shown, the man of lawlessness, the man of no laws, the man of sin, and what covers a multitude? What calyptos a multitude of sin? Agape. We must keep ourselves bathed in the pursuit of the purpose of God. That will cover us in this time where the man of sin is being revealed. you got to know that. We need, we need to have that declaration of agape, the greatest of all gifts, upon us at all times. But God's going to be walking among us I don't know whether it's going to happen in a month. I think we're already seeing it. We're asking God for His presence because He's asked us to ask for that. You know that. You you realize that. And that's then setting the stage for this bigger apocalypto that's going to be opening and and God is going to be among His people. That's where... uh, the the uh, Ward Heflin prophecy about the glory of the Lord being upon cities, that's coming, and uh, you, again you you recognize that Dallas was mentioned in that book. Well, you know what we're not basing it on the Book of Ruth, you know, but but we know Ruth had, Ward Hefflin. Uh, we know that what that that visitation that many of you have seen in vision and others have prophesied is coming. But essentially, what it is. Is God coming down upon this earth to walk with his people, to walk with his angels, to see for himself with us what's happening? Even though he already knows it's for our benefit, but it's God hiding himself and then God revealing and God coming. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. We're being being prepared in the presence of God for that. (laughs) Sadly, though, in every one of those instances, the people of the world chose not to walk with God. Isn't that true? Every one of them. And that will be the case this time as well. But this is the end of all things. And God is not going to recycle this thing over and over again. This time, the saints and the prophets are going to be moving forward, doing active battle, which we read about in the Scripture as intercessors, where the earth and creation is partnering with the people of God. It's going to be a time like none other. And and that's what we're believing God for now. That's what we're praying for now. That's why we're moving in this year of breakthrough into as many nations as we can to make disciples, to set this, this calling of the saints in these nations because the night comes. And, um, but, but bless God, darkness and gross darkness, but the light of God is going to be on us. Wow. Do you ever wonder why the Spirit of glory and of God is this deep, dark blue? It's darkness. Because that's the hiding. Because that's that hiding capacity of God where he says, will you come into the depth of who I am and know me? Is darkness. There's nothing appealing about it, really, in the natural. In fact, the progressives take that right out of the flag. But God says, come into this place where I, am, I can be found in the depth of darkness, but my light's going to be generated there. <sighs> the hidden thing. Now, I wonder about this when you read in Genesis 1, darkness upon the face of the deep, (laughs) the Spirit of God brooding upon the face of the waters. That's also this same principle. I know it's in response to the rebellion of the enemy, but God always has a way for the light to shine out of darkness. God always has a way to show forth His mystery. He hides His face. He hides himself. He hides us with that. But he reveals bit by bit, point by point. And you, and you, and you, all of us, have been given this great gift, this calling to be saints, to pray in diversities of tongues, that, that grace gift of languages that goes into the the broader measures of what God at His throne is wanting us to partner with. Wow. Wow. There's an opening. There's an opening. There's so much that the Spirit is saying. Of all times, we need to be diligent. We need to be focused. We need to be praying in the Spirit and expecting We need to be studying the Scriptures. We need to be moving in His grace. We need to be following the voice of the Spirit. This is is it, dear ones. This is what you've invested yourself into for Him. And somehow, somehow this transition that God's been warning us about for a couple of years now is, is there. You know, with a man of sin... Is apocalypto, remember what the rest of that verse is, says? It says that there'll be a falling away first. Some don't want to participate as Lot chose in, in bearing the burden of, uh, of taking responsibility, stewardship of the, of the mysteries of God. They want to go out on their own. Um, there's a lot of that happening throughout the world. This is what the scripture says. Now we may not like it uh, from a natural standpoint, but we shouldn't be jilted by it when it happens. We just need to keep following the true revelation of God's mystery. That's you. That's us. And I I just absolutely thank the Father for for this. Privilege that we have of um, of walking with you in it, um, I do thank you for your long suffering. You know, we we've made I, I can speak for myself. I've made a lot of mistakes, but they've been honest mistakes, and um, that's the way we learn. And you you choose that you've chastened and trained. You've, you've guided us as sons. We've, we've been privileged to be at war and to, to stand in the face of thorns that came and your grace has triumphed. Uh, you, you've allowed us to, to stand. And when we've done all to stand, we've stood through the power of the cross. But all these things and more, thank you, Father, for letting us learn them. But... There, there's even greater understandings of that that are coming. And I release that to your people. And um, so, Hide and Seek, the title of this message. It's the way God is. It's just, it's just, it's God's romance. It's God's partnership. Yes, we have to demonstrate with our whole heart but it means so much more than that. The avenue, the avenue is to seek Him with our whole heart. But He just does this. It's just what He does. And He'll always be doing that throughout eternity. He'll have something that He wants to do, and He reveals it bit by bit. And we won't necessarily be warring, but we'll be investing ourselves in praise. And we'll we'll be speaking forth what He shows and it, it's going to be a glorious part of eternity. It's just who He is. We just happen to be seeing it at this point of restoration now. But we're going to be coming into creation. And I wonder about that too. And I'm going to be done with this. with this. You know, restoration is always a part of holiness. It just is. You know that. We've studied that. And the plans that God had from the foundation of the world... Uh, that we will be unfolding throughout eternity is all creative, yes, but it's all restoring with what should have happened by now had the rebellion not occurred. So we'll always be creating and restoring because God is eternal. And um, it's, it's just great, the glorious things that God has reserved for those who love him. So I end by saying, let's just be faithful in prayer, let's keep welcoming his presence but let's know that it something has opened and several things are are opened that are that are going to continue to be revealed but the big one and i don't know a time frame for this when god himself comes down in an unprecedented way and walks among his people that's when oh it's going to be glorious but it's what days? What days those be? That's what's coming. Because you see it up happening over and over and over again through the Scripture. How would we think that God, who is that way, would not be that way now? He's that way. Amen. Well, Father, I'm just rambling on now because this is just whew, speaking the the winds of what you're revealing. There's so many of them and so many more. I speak your blessing upon your people. Help us not to miss you. Help us to continue to move as we should in partnering with you. Let us be your intercessors in broader and deeper ways than we've ever been. And Lord, let us us not despise these days, but let us embrace them. We love you, Father. We thank you. And we look forward to the days ahead with you, for we ask it all in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hide and seek. Thanks, everybody. God bless you all. Goodbye.